you so much for listening to our podcast today at Word of Life. We know summer is busy with traveling and all things fun, but we have good news for you. You can stay in church even while on vacation through our online campus. You can watch live on Sundays at 10 and 1130 and get fed throughout the week with inspiring articles, message series, and so much more at thelifeonline.cc. Thank you for listening and enjoy the message. Father, we thank you that you have done great things. And the wonderful thing is that you are not done doing greater things in our life. You have done great things, but you're not done. Woo! You ain't done. You're not done. You're not done. Greater works. Greater works. Greater works. (laughs) What a promise. We thank you, Jesus. Oh, come on, man. We, you guys are, da- this is a dangerous worship team right here. The anointing's flowing up in here. Woo! Praise the Lord. What an atmosphere. What an atmosphere of faith. What an atmosphere. Greater things, amen? <laughs> Woo! Come on now. God is good. He is always good. Every day. <laughs> Man, I just stepped in. You got. I just stepped into a river up here, man. Woo! Glory to Jesus. Are you happy you came to church tonight? <laughs> God is good. God is good. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I don't know what I'm gonna do now. I'm gonna preach, pray, prophesy. I don't know what's gonna happen now, man. When you create an atmosphere full of faith, man, God is gonna do something supernatural. I believe that. Amen. Give your neighbor a hug there, if you will. Give your neighbor a hug. You guys doing good? How you doing, man? Joshua, nice to meet you. Woo! It's going to be good tonight. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hey, Amen. We're going to have church tonight. Are you guys excited? Woo! It's going to be good. I like this. This is, this is where I fit in right here. I like this. Woo! Praise the Lord. Hey, Amen. If you're, try- if you're trying to figure out who I am, my name is Joshua Adams. Pleasure to meet you. My wife and I are missionaries in Brazil. And tonight, you're just going to get a little Latin flavor. Amen. It's good to have different flavors. Tonight, you're going to get a Latin flavor. Amen. I believe that God has something great for us. My wife and I are missionaries in Brazil. Uh, your pastor, Pastor Joel, he invited us to be here this weekend. It is an honor to be with you here tonight. We've been in Brazil for about uh, nine years I keep forgetting how long we've been there. We've been in Brazil for nine years, and God has done a wonderful work in Brazil. We're planting churches. Amen. Hallelujah. Robbing hell and populating heaven. That is our mission. Amen. (laughs) Praise the Lord. I like that. Amen. Now, I'm just, I am absolutely inspired right now about what, what God is doing in this place right here. When we planted our church about eight years ago, today we have... Uh, seven campuses and we're planting three more this year and God has done wonderful and marvelous things but we started just like this and I'm looking around literally an auditorium just like this and it's amazing you know God can do something supernatural in a place like this as long as there is expectation amen and I believe that I believe that's already generating in here this evening Uh, an expectation it's not to receive a word just that will encourage you but a word that is going to propel you amen 
That's the, that's the kind of the, the preachings that I preach. I like the preachings where the pastor just comes in and just gives you a little kick in the butt and says, let's go, amen. So if you allow me, just be like, do your, do your best, amen. <laughs> I'm going to do my best, amen. Uh, let's pray before we get started. I got, I got a word in my heart that has been stirring in me. And uh, I was in Australia about, two mo- about last month. Uh, preaching at a conference there in Australia, and I'm, I prepared this message, and it was, I was like, man, this is a good message, you know, and I got up on the stage to minister, to deliver the message, and the Lord's like, I want you to go a different direction, I was like, <laughs> thank you, Jesus, you know, he could have gave me some, a forewarning on that one, and uh, I was like, you know, when am I going to get an opportunity to preach this message, because it's good, you know, it's one of those, those messages that have been steeped in prayer, that have been steeped in intercession, and I've been asking the Lord, Lord, when is, when is the time? And the Lord told me this morning, he said, Joshua, I want, you to give this to wor- I want you to give this to the church tonight. I want you to give this to Word of Life. I want you to give it to them. And I believe this is a prophetic message for this church, for this time, for this people right here in this place, okay? And so praise God for that. Praise God that this message is tailored for every single one of you. Hallelujah. God can use uh, some, sometimes the most peculiar places with the most peculiar people. And uh, you're like, man, you call me peculiar? Yes. You know, we need to be peculiar people. Amen. Hallelujah. Sometimes we fight against that. Sometimes we fight against, you know, well, I, I, want, I want to be like this. I want to be like that. God says, just be you and that's sufficient. Amen. So let me pray. Father, we thank you for tonight. I thank you for what you're going to do in this, this house, in this moment, in this hour. And Father, my desire, my prayer is that my wife and I would have the opportunity to leave an an impression in this place. Not by our eloquent words, not by our, 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 our eloquent speech, but an impression of the Holy Spirit. An impression that would leave these people never the same again. Yeah, Father God, people will be transformed by the renewing of the by the renewing of their mind by the word of God. That they would hear the word, it would transform them, it would renew them and strengthen them. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen and amen and amen. Uh, I sent a a message to Pastor Joel this afternoon. I said, Pastor, man, this this morning was a challenge for me because usually I'm preaching in Portuguese. And so I came and I'm like, I have forgotten English. I'm like, Lord Jesus, I've been in Brazil for too long. And I'm like, as I'm preaching, I'm like, Lord Jesus, help me. Because I'm forgetting words in English. And, but it's, it, I believe that tonight is just going to flow. So intercede for me, if you will. Amen. The preacher needs intercession too. Just pray for me. Amen. But open your Bibles this, this evening to Jude verse 1. And I know it seems like a strange place to go, but it's, it's, it's the right direction. Amen. Jude verse 1. And if you're wondering where Jude is, it's, in the, it's way in the back of the book. There's Revelation, and right before it is Jude. So, okay, it is a very short book. It's 25 verses long. One of my favorite books in the Bible, probably because it's, it's not the shortest, but it's one of the shortest. And I like those books where you can sit down and you're like, mm, verse 1 all the way to 25, I'm good to go, you know. But Jude is an incredible book in the Bible because what it does is it takes the reader from Genesis all the way to Revelation, from, cons- uh, from uh, creation to consummation in 25 verses, and it's an incredible book because it is one of the greatest hezumus, one of the greatest... Amor, Hezumu. I forgot the word. Summary, thank you. <laughs> Got some interpretation here. Uh, it is the greatest, one of the greatest summaries in the Bible. It is one of those, those books in the Bible where we look at it and we're like, man, 
There's a message here, a prophetic message going forth. And it is a message that will take us from literally from Genesis all the way to Revelation, from creation to consummation. Nothing will be left out. And in Jude, if we go, go to verse 1, we're going to read verse 1 through 5. He says this, dear friends, so we know that Jude is writing to the church, these dear brothers and sisters. So this is a, a letter, an apostolic letter that's being written to the church by one of the half-brothers of Jesus. And he says this, he says, dear friends, I had been eagerly planning to write to you about the salvation that we all share. But, say but. When the Bible says but, that means something, something's coming. It's either going to be a blessing or a correction, okay? But he's, he's going to bless us, amen? Blessings, amen? He says, but now I find that I must write to you about something else, urging you to defend the faith that God has entrusted to his holy people. I say this because some ungodly people, not in this church, amen, other churches, right? Ungodly people, okay, <laughs> ungodly people have wormed their way into your churches, saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. Uh-oh, he's giving some correction here, amen? Verse 17 through 20, let's, we're going to skip the entire book, we're going to go verse, verse 17. But you, my dear friends, must remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ preached and predicted, or what they, what they taught, right? They told that in the last days, there would be scoffers whose purpose in life is to satisfy their own godly desires. These people are those who are creating divisions among you. They follow their own natural instincts because they do not have God's spirit in them. But not in this church, because we got the Holy Ghost, amen? We are full of the spirit, amen? Praise God. And he says, but you, look at your neighbor and say, but you. He's talking to you, right? Dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. Mark that in your Bible, amen? Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit and await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ who will bring you into eternal life. In this way, you will keep yourself safe in God's love. Now, I know my... my again, sorry. Uh, I know this seems like a strange place to begin this evening, but let me just tell you, when the Spirit of God, He directs us and He leads us and He guides us, there's purpose in it, amen? There's a purpose in it. And the Apostle Jude has this expectation. He's like, I wanted to come to you and I, I, I wanted to preach to you about salvation, a personal perspective. I'm spitting in the front row, okay? Just receive. It's a baptism, amen? <laughs> At our church, you got to come with like a, a face, uh, not a faith shield, but a, a face shield. Yeah. Spitting, amen? Praise God. If you need a little spittle, just receive it, amen? But we see here that he had this expectation to impart a personal perspective concerning salvation. Can you imagine what the Apostle Jude had to say about salvation? Can you imagine? Here's a man who lived literally in the house of Jesus, half-brother of Jesus, who had this perspective about Christ that many of us probably didn't even have, personal. And here, he is like, I wanted to write to you about salvation, but now I must write about something else. I must write to you about something else. And what I want to do, you know, I want to, I want to take us into a direction tonight. We're going, to, we're going to study the Bible. Is that okay? And then we're going to worship at the end. Amen. But I want to, I'm going to fill, you can, it's going to be like a buffet of the gospel tonight. You're going to leave, ooh, that's good, satisfying. And then we're going to worship, you're going to burn it off, amen, praise God. But let us, let's, let's go into this. I want to dig down into this. And so here, 
there is a purpose. And the, the Apostle Jude is like, I wanted to teach you about salvation, but I must teach you about something else. And so tonight what I want to do is I want to talk about the something else. This morning, I don't know if you were uh, at the service, in the first service there in Lake, Lakeland, right? The first, the 10 o'clock. Oh, wait, well, we're in Lakeland. <laughs> I minister, I forgot, where, I don't even know where I am right now. Praise God. Where, what, what, what city is this? What neighborhood is this? Mm, fondue? What is it? Oh, Fondin. Fondren. I've just offended everybody here. I am so sorry. Okay, praise God. Fondren. In Lakeland, I ministered about proving our Pentecost. There's, we must prove. And what I was talking about was making sure that paired with our salvation... The the eternal spring, the spring that is on the inside of us, it's called the seal, you know. We've been sealed, right, with with the the Holy Ghost, salvation, new birth, okay, there's different phrases for it. That what it is done for us is that it is preparing us, hallelujah, for our transformation and translation one day, okay. It's called the rapture one day. We, I, I believe in it, the Bible talks about the rapture. One day we will be raptured up. And it says here, in the Bible, it talks about this trans, transformation and translation that will occur one day. And that is what salvation is all about. I've got on the inside of me a spring that is watering my soul. And it is preparing me for one day when the incorruptible, become, or the corruptible becomes incorruptible. Praise God. We will be transformed and translated. Praise God. I'm excited about the transformation, you know. I mean, I praise God. Amen. And we're giving glorified body. That's a whole different topic. We're not going to go there. But the point is, is that salvation is a spring on the inside of us. And we must also have with our salvation the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, these are two different things. Salvation is when I receive Jesus. But the baptism, the Apostle Paul talked about this. He said, which, which baptism have you received? And he was talking to some, some uh, disciples, and they said, well, we've received the baptism of John. And then he begins to teach them about Jesus and the salvation that comes through Jesus. They receive Jesus, and then he lays his hands on them, and they receive the Holy Spirit. <laughs> One, Smith Wigglesworth said this, One is a spring, the other is a river. <laughs> Amen. And tonight what I want to do is I want, we're going to talk about the purpose of Pentecost. The purpose of this mighty baptism of the Holy Spirit, which produces in us a literal river that will flow out of us. Hallelujah. And what is the purpose of this river? Why must I have a river? What is the, what is the importance of the river? Listen, you can receive Jesus and you'll go to heaven. Glory to God. But the baptism is for something greater. It is for the greater work. Amen. It is for the greater work. It is to preach the gospel. It is to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. It is the power of heaven to do. Amen. And to transmit the message of hope to a dying and decrepit world. That sounds very negative. It is negative. We live in a very real world that is dying and decaying but we have the answer we have jesus but i also have the power amen i've got the power of the holy spirit the greater one working on the inside of us amen so if you want to title this this evening write down the purpose of pentecost praise the lord the purpose of pentecost Amen. And I just drank like two espresso. So if you're like, just calm down, Joshua, just throw something at me, okay? Hallelujah. Are you with me tonight? Don't throw anything. Amen. It's going to be good. 
unless it's bad, okay? My wife will throw something at me if it's bad, but it's not going to be bad. It's going to be good. Praise God. Okay, here we go. Keep moving. So what I want to do this evening is I want to talk about the purpose of Pentecost. And there is no, there's literally no greater way of discovering the purpose of Pentecost without looking at the prophetic. There is, there is this prophetic promise and also warning, amen, when it comes to the word of God concerning Pentecost. Many times we just talk about the blessing, right? The greater work. But there is also a warning for the church that if, if we don't use what's been given to me to change the world, I might go to heaven, praise God, us four and, but it'll be us four and no more. Just like Brother Hagin, he, he would say that a lot. Us four and no more. And I, I refuse to believe that I have been given power just to have my family and I go to heaven. I have been given power to preach, pray, and prophesy. To go to the world and preach Jesus Christ. It is the very thing that compelled us to go to Brazil. When we moved to Brazil, my wife was seven months pregnant with our first child. We had no money. We had no contacts. We had no idea what we were doing. We still don't know what we're doing. We're trying to figure it out. Okay? If, if someone says they know what they're doing, they're lying to you. Okay? By faith, we're just doing what God's called us to do. And so we went there, and it was, it was like, man, woo! I can't go to the dying world unless I have the power that sets the dying free. And so we made a conscious decision. When we get to Brazil, I ain't just going to preach the word. I'm going to let the Holy Ghost flow as well. The power of Pentecost, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it is necessary that we examine not just the, the prophetic promise, but also the prophetic warning concerning Pentecost itself and understand why it is absolutely necessary that we are clothed, say clothed, with the power for the days that we are living in today. We have to understand that revival is absolutely relevant, amen? That's why we're here, right? You, I mean, like you are some believers up in this house. It's 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock on a Sunday. You got work tomorrow, but you're in the house of God. And you are hungry for something more. Whew, I'm just going to be me tonight. Is that okay? I'm a little eccentric. I don't know if you can recognize that. It's the Latin flair in me. Amen. Praise the Lord. Mm, fire. Empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Clothed. Clothed with power to do the greater work. And more than ever, in the hour that we are living in humanity's greatest need... We must obtain not just the prophetic principles that bring edification and exhortation and comfort for the body. Those are good things. I need edification. I need exhortation. I need comfort. But I also need to be filled with power to impart. impart it's an impartation. This word in Portuguese doesn't exist. There is no word for impartation. Two words they don't have in Portuguese. Impartation and accountability. Oh, Father God. Imagine trying to build a church and the word accountability doesn't exist. I'm like, ooh, we got a big work here. An impartation. I'm spitting again. I'm sorry. Amen. And being accountable to what the word of God says when it comes to Pentecost. Okay? Not just a filling. Amen? Not just uh, salvation in a spring, but a river flowing on the, out, the inside of us. In the purpose of Pentecost, and this is not the point. I've got like 36 points here, amen. We'll try to get through them all. I'm just kidding. I only have two, okay? 
Two points of the purpose of Pentecost. This is not one of them. This is just a bonus. It's free, okay? The next one is, is $100, okay? I'm just kidding. Joke. But the purpose of Pentecost is that the fire of God would burn away the dross. It would burn away the carnality, the fat, those things that shouldn't belong in the life of the believer. Spiritual fat, spiritual carnality, things that shouldn't be there. And so the Holy Ghost, it will literally purify and prepare the bride for service. So that when we get to heaven, I'll look back behind me and I'll, it won't just be my family that's there. It'll be an entire generation of people there. Glory to God in our church, we're serving thousands of people every single week. Because we made a decision that my salvation's not just for me. I'm not just saved for Joshua. I'm saved to reach, I'm saved to build, and I'm saved to empower. That's very similar to the vision of this church, I think, right? It's uh, reach, disciple, no. I know, I know the vision better than some of y'all do. I'm just kidding. No, but I'm just kidding. It's very similar to our vision. that I've been blessed, but to be a blessing to the world. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, go there. Am I preaching good, babe? Doing a good job? She's my sounding board. She'd be like, that wasn't good. Just, just. She's like, let's go. We got to go. They don't have a timer here for me. I like that. That's good. We're going to be here all night. Amen? We're going to be here all night. I'm just kidding. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12. Praise God. The apostle Paul said, anyone who builds, say, I am anyone, especially the church, anyone who builds... On that foundation, he's talking about the foundation, Christ, he laid, launched the foundation, the apostles solidified it, amen, may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. Notice it's, it's, dec- it's decreasing in combust- combustibility. That's how the kingdom works, okay? We must produce in us things of value for the master, And he says here, but on the judgment day, fire, say fire, Fire. will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. And I want to stop there real quickly. And I want to to just uh, bring some clarification here of exactly what judgment is he speaking about. Which judgment is the Apostle Paul speaking about? This specific judgment right here he is speaking about is not the last judgment or the final judgment, the great white throne judgment that we see in Revelation, uh, I think it's in uh, 20 verse 11. It's not the last, last judgment where this is, that judgment is specifically for the unrighteous where they will be resurrected and then they will be sent uh, to, e- to eternal fire. That's what the Bible talks about. But this specific judgment the Apostle Paul is speaking about is called, and if you want to write it down, it's called the Bema Seat Judgment. And what it is... It is called, it's, it's not a judgment if I am saved or not. It is a judgment if I have been faithful <laughs> with what he has given me. The beam of seat judgment. It's actually not even judgment. The word is rewarding. It is, it is the place of rewarding for the church, for the saints. Amen? And we're going to discover how we know this. How do we know that this is not the final judgment? Listen. In 2 Corinthians 5.10, he says, For we must all stand... Before, this is another scripture just kind of clarifying which judgment we're talking about. 2 Corinthians 5.10. For we must all stand before the bema seat of Christ. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil. And other translations say, the, oh, you know, the things of value. The things that we have done in this earthly body. Are you with me now? So at the bema seat of Christ, the bema seat judgment, which the Apostle Paul is speaking about, 
is also known as the mercy seat. There's many different names for it. Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Praise God. And that's where the church should be like, amen. Praise God he's seated at the right hand of God. (laughs) Because the Bible says he is making intercession for us day and night. Hallelujah. He is making intercession at the right hand of God. Making intercession for the world. So praise God he is seated there. And so one day... We will stand before Christ. The church will stand before Christ. And there's many judgments we see in the Bible. This specific judgment is the judgment for the church. The church will be judged not for their salvation, but the works that they did or did not do with their salvation. Amen? The works that they did or not did with their salvation. And as we stand before Christ, we will look at Jesus in Revelation chapter 1. It talks about this. It says that the eyes of Jesus are like fire, burning with fire. But it's not a, convict, it's not a condemning fire. As he looks at the church, it's an examination. The eyes of fire. And as we stand before Jesus with all of our works, not because I, I can't get salvation through works. So this is not talking about salvation. It's the, it's the works that James talked about, you know. Faith without works is dead, right? There is works, you know. I don't gain it in my salvation. Work, 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 work to get my salvation. But I also work my salvation, right? I reach, I build, I empower. And so as we stand before Jesus, he will examine to see if we understood the purpose of our salvation, and also the purpose of our Pentecostal experience. Are you with me now? We must, we, we must be saved. We must receive salvation. That is how we get to heaven. But to be filled with the Holy Spirit is to do greater works. That's what Jesus said. I must go, so I will send the Holy Spirit, and He will be your counselor. He will empower you to be my disciples, to do greater work. So as I stand before Jesus, one day, at at the Bema seat of Christ, I will place before him, not Josh Adams the pastor, but Josh Adams the son, Josh Adams the servant, and Josh Adams the slave. That's That's the progression in the kingdom, right? You see that with the apostles, they start out as servants, there are sons, then they go to servants, then they go to slaves. Apostle Paul said, I'm a slave of Christ. James said, I'm a slave of Christ. Jude said, I'm a slave. As I surrender, not just to my Savior, but also to my Lord, right? Many people have Jesus as their Savior, but very few recognize Him as their Lord. The Lord commands me. The Savior saves me. I want to be saved and commanded, amen, to go to to the world and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? If I would have just sat on my salvation, thousands of people in Brazil every single Sunday would not be reached. If I would have sat in my salvation, well, I don't know how to speak in Portuguese. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't do it. And I battle with a lot of insecurity. You know, it doesn't look like it, but I do. I battle with insecurity. Man, am I sufficient enough? Am I qualified enough? Do I have the right tools? Do I have the right resources? But when you got the Holy Ghost, you got everything you need. When you got the Holy Ghost, you got everything you need. You've got the greater one on the inside of you. I'm so blessed. Thank you, guys. This is, a blo- this is a lovely time. Man, praise God. There's expectation in here. Okay? Are you with me now? The pastor says that. I don't know why we say that. We always say that. Are you with me now? Yeah, you're with me. You're here. 
Ain't nobody leaving. Lock the doors, okay? <laughs> what we did or did not do with our salvation, and he will examine, and he will look to see if I was faithful. Were you faithful? Were you faithful? I gave you power. I gave you gifts. I gave you the ability to go forth, amen, to do greater works. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirit, special faith, uh, works, uh, gifts, uh, gifts of, uh, mir- mir- what is it? I forgot important. Operation of miracles, g- gifts of healings, right? Prophecy, diverse types of tongues, interpretation of tongues, nine gifts of the spirit, right? Operation, impartation, manifestation, power to do the greater works. And so we shall be examined. And the Bible says, here, let's just keep reading. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, let's go back a little bit. Verse 12, I told you, I'm going to put a buffet before you, amen? Whoo! This says this, it says, The fire will show if a person's work has any value. This is the same fire of Pentecost, right? <laughs> the same power that came to empower the church will be the same power that will examine the church to see if they did what Jesus told them to do. If the work survives, which means some works will not survive. Some things will not survive. The builder will survive, but not the work. Are you with me now? The builders will receive a reward, but if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer a great loss. Listen, here we go. This is not the final judgment for all of humanity. This is for the church. The builder will be saved, right? But like someone barely escaping through the wall of fame, flames. <laughs> oh my gosh. So encouraging, right? But it's the truth, right? Don't you realize... That all of you together are the temple of God and the spirit of God lives in you. So he's talking to the church, right? So the fact remains, this is the fact. Many people today have failed to see the purpose of Pentecostal experience. They have failed to see that freely they have been given, so they must freely give out to others. We really don't have an option and we don't have a choice in the matter. (laughs) We've got to go. we got to plant. We've got to do the works of Jesus. Now, there's grace for the race. And you're like, man, I don't feel... Just look at me. If God can use me, he can use you. Look at my shoes. There's tassels on my shoes. If God can use a tassel-wearing, shoe-wearing guy, he can use you. Now, I like my tassels, okay? I feel Puerto Rican up here. Look at that. (laughs) I love it. Are you with me now? Okay. Glory to God. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18. I'm going to try to be quick with this one. Proverbs 4.18. Go there, if you will. Let's go back, let's go back to the, the Old Testament here. So we're going the old, we're good the new. We're looking at the new, we're looking at the old. Proverbs 4, verse 18, says this. The way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, which shines ever brighter unto the full light of day. I like that. That's good. What Jesus is teaching us here, because Jesus is wisdom, he is the spirit of wisdom, we, we know that he is speaking here, and obviously we know the pro- okay, I'm not going to get into the details, but the point is, the Lord is communicating here, and he reveals that righteousness, although complete, is to be a progressive principle, amen? I'm saved, I am made new, I am righteous, but my righteousness needs to produce fruit, there must be fruit in my salvation, There must be substance. There must be value. And it must be progressive. So once more, in my redemption, I experience the spring of salvation, the water that comes to a barren soul. 
But at my baptism in the Holy Spirit, a river will rush out of me. <laughs> I will literally be like a fire hydrant to the world. I will, I will bless the Lord and I will bless the world as well. I will bless the Lord and I will bless the world as well with the power of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me now? And so that is a Pentecostal river is for an impartation to the world. And as I impart into the world, my righteousness begins to glow and grow. It begins to show forth the praises of the Lord. The Lord has done a good work in me. And now I am showing that God lives in me. I'm showing, hallelujah, that I have been transformed. Amen. Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 15. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says. says, I love the Bible because the Bible is the proof of all things, right? I'm not going to preach my opinion. I'm just going to preach the Word of God. And so the Word of God says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Wisdom, right? We just learned in Proverbs that my righteousness glows and it grows, right? Progressive. He says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. You better believe, and I think we all agree, that we are living in evil days. We don't got to be afraid, but we are living in evil days. It's a reality, right? And he says, you do not act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. How many people say, you know, I don't, what is the will of God for my life? What is the will of God for me? We can always find the will of God in the I will of Jesus, right? Healing, I will go. I will send. I will empower. So the sovereign will of God, I've always, you know, these people, what is, you know, we confuse, like, what is God's will for our life? It's very simple. He heals. He restores. He empowers. He launches out. He prospers. He's a good God. God is good. Satan is bad. Amen? Just write that down. God is good. Satan is bad. I feel like we, we get that confused, right? <laughs> it's, it's frustrating. I get frustrated. I'm like, people are like, well, God's just trying to teach me a lesson. No. He's already taught the word. The word says you're free. The word says you're redeemed. The word says you're, you know, just go to the word. And that's enough. That's enough for me. Praise God. He says here, understand what the Lord wants you to do. Do not be drunk with wine. Uh-oh. Because that will ruin your life. But be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, the principle here is not about, should I drink wine or not wine? That's not the point. The point is that you should be so filled with heaven that you don't care about anything of the natural. That's it. Mm. His, his portion is enough for me. I don't need a man. Or not a man. That's weird. I don't need a woman. If you're Okay, that's weird. Don't record that. Amen. I don't need a woman to satisfy me. And if you're a woman, you don't need a man to satisfy you. you know, he is your portion, right? That's what it's speaking about. The natural will only take you as far as you can go. But when you are filled with heaven, it will launch you into the unknown. It will launch you into the supernatural. Let's go back here. Proverbs 4.18. Amen. I'm just cruising. I'm building a foundation. And then we're going to have a... We're just going to let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do. Amen. Purpose of Pentecost. Let's read this. But the way of... I love that. There it is. But... So he's about to teach a principle. But... Some translation just goes straight into the way of righteousness. But here in the Greek it says, but there is, a, there is a stipulation, right? It is a principle. There's blessing, but something must be done. Amen? We must, we must abide. We must follow. 
what the word says. So he says, but the way of, right, of the wicked is like total darkness. They have no idea what they are stumbling over. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep within your heart. For they will bring life to those who find them in healing. I like that. Look at it. There it is. Old Testament. Healing. <laughs> the Jehovah of the old is the Jehovah of the new. Just never forget that, right? Amen. In healing to the whole body. Son, daughter, guard your heart. God is a responsibility of the, of the saint to guard their hearts. Guard your heart above all else, for it will determine. Listen, it will de- guard your hearts. God has already determined. He's already determined blessing. He's already determined where, what his promise is for you, right? He's already given you everything you need. So we have a responsibility, right, to guard our hearts, for it will determine the course of your life. Avoid all preserve, per, preserve, perverse talk. Amen. Uh, stay away from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Oh, I believe this right now. That the Lord is opening your eyes tonight. To understand the purpose of your salvation. To understand the purpose of your Pentecostal experience. Focus your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path. This is wisdom, right? For your feet stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. If you have people sidetracking you, you need to call them tonight. Just call them right now and say, hey, stop sidetracking me, right? Be bold, right? Say, hey, stop, stop. You're a distraction to me. Okay? Distraction to me. If your distraction is sitting next to you, don't look at them, okay? Just let them know later with a text message. I'm just kidding. Focus. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet on the fault from following evil. So here he says, guard your heart. Jude says, defend your faith. Why? Because that the, con- the consistent and committed faith will determine the course of your eternal destiny, and not just that, but the destiny of others. So that is one of the purposes of Pentecost. I am filled with power to make sure that my brothers and sisters and those who follow, follow my example will not be lost. i got to jump on it. Let me jump forward here. John 16, 7 through 13, and I'm going to try to finish this up here. Jesus says... It is best for you. (laughs) Can you imagine the disciples hearing this? They're like, no, that's not best for us. What's best for us, Jesus, if you stay with us? (laughs) Don't go. That's what's best for us. He says, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. I know what's best for you. What's best for you is that I, I go so the Holy Ghost will come. And if I don't go, the Holy Spirit won't come. He says, it is best for you. I love that. Jesus knows what's best for us. He says, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate, the, count, the comforter, the Holy Spirit will not come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of sin. Amen? And God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. Judgment is coming, right? The world's sin is that they refuse to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father. And if you see me no more, And you see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler, Satan, of this world has already been judged. Now, I'm not going to get into an eschatological discussion with you. This is, you know, about end times prophecies. But let's just make it clear. Satan is not presently bound right now, okay? Uh, Just come to Brazil and you'll see what I'm talking about, okay? 
He is still the one who is stealing, killing, and destroying. He is still the prince of the air. These are truths after. These are apostolic truths that the apostle Paul wrote, right? He is still the prince of the air. He is still the God of the world, of this earth, right? But his time has already been launched. A prophetic word has been launched, right? That his day will come to an end. It coming to it. Just say amen. It's coming to an end, right? But until then, I've got a responsibility to reach, to build, and to empower. To be the hands of Jesus, the mouth of Jesus, the feet of Jesus. To push back the darkness. To push back the darkness. To push back the darkness. Praise the Lord. We have power from on high to push back the darkness. And if we as the church stand firm in faith, not fear, and we use the mighty name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit, we will begin to prepare the return of Jesus Christ one day. Again, I'm not going to get into that whole conversation. If you have more questions for me, I can talk to you later about it. But the point is, is that we have responsibility. Matthew chapter 11, verse 12, Jesus declared, From that time of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violent assault, and it is the violent that take it by force. So once again, Satan is working, and he is driving the stake of sin in separation between man and God, building this sadistic empire, but we don't have to be afraid. Because I've been given all authority from on high. Jesus has been given it. And he's given to me in his name. And if I use the name of Jesus. Ooh, every knee must bow. Every tongue must confess. I'll begin to do work on a supernatural level. Amen. Casting out demons. That is a real thing. Just again. Come on the mission field and you'll see. Woo! People come into the church. Demon possessed. I'm like Jesus. Can we just have a normal service? And demons. Can we just serve coffee? But we've been given power. For this very hour to be the hands the feet of Jesus Christ until he returns amen let me move forward here I'm gonna jump look at that I'm skipping pages second Timothy actually first Timothy chapter 4 verse 1 first Timothy 4 1 now the Holy Spirit band if you'll come up here now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last days say last days okay the last days we are living in the last days. It is evident. Since Pentecost until now, we have been living in the last days. The whole, amen. Acts chapter 2, just go there. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and yours. Amen. Right? And so the apostle Paul continues with this idea that we are living in the last days. And he says, in the last days, they will be very easy times. No, correct me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, church. Oh, it'll, it'll be easy. It'll be all hunky-dory, ponies and butterflies. <laughs> No, 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 no. The only time Jesus was pessimistic was about the future. <laughs> he said it's going to get worse and worse and worse and worse. And worse. But be not discouraged because I have given you my spirit, says the Lord. In the last days, it will be very difficult times. For people will love themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving, unforgiving. Man, whew. they will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be wrecked. How many of you guys know people just like this? Not, not you because you're holy, but we know people just like this. Be reckless, be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than the God. They will act religious. Mm. Mm -mm. Uh-oh. But they will reject the power that could make them godly. 
Pentecostal power will examine if you are godly or not, right? It's easy to, to fool other people, but it, you cannot fool God. You can act godly, but if you don't have the Holy Ghost moving and producing things in you, man, you might fool other people, but you can't fool God. You can't fool God. And so we must. Hey, I love that. He's, he's clapping. Praise God, brother. He's, or, she, or she, I didn't see. She's receiving. Amen. We must understand that I cannot just have an appearance of godliness. I must be godly. I must be filled. I must be filled. I must be filled. I'm going to finish with this scripture right here. Did I read it? I, that's it. Praise God. No. Oh, he, let's finish the scripture. He says, stay away from people like that. <laughs> stay away from people like that. Be godly. Be full. Be full of the Holy Spirit. And so as I finish this message here, I want, I want to just encourage you. The purpose of Pentecost is to prepare us for greater works. To do the greater work. And so this, this evening what I want to do is I want us to all stand up. We're all going to stand up. Praise the Lord. Let's stand up. And I want to pray with you. We're going to pray with you. We're going to pray with you. Amen. To not just be filled with a spring salvation, but to be filled with the Holy Spirit as well. If you have never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, I'm not sure exactly how we're going to do this, but... Uh, with every head, every head bowed and every eye closed, let's just do it like this. Amen? Praise the Lord. As a minister, sometimes, you know, it's difficult because we're like, okay, how, what, how should I do this? You know, I don't want to be invasive. I don't want to, you know, but I think just right now we're in a place where we can just say, you know what, I, I need, I need it. I just need it. If you have never received the Holy Spirit, I don't want to leave here, go back to where we're going, without knowing that I, I could have prayed with you to receive the Holy Spirit. And so what I want to do, if you have never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's not something weird, it's not something freaky, it is, it is, it is, it is just, it is the greater, <laughs> the greater work. It is, it is just like salvation, we receive salvation by faith, it's a gift, the baptism of the Spirit is a gift as well. And it is glorious and it is beautiful. And it helps me hear from God and pray. Pray in the direction of heaven. Pray according to the will of God. If that's you this, this evening, I know Pastor Joel is going to do a series here on the, uh, the Holy Spirit here next month. And I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm going to watch online. Amen. But tonight we're here right now, so let's, we're just gonna, I'm going to give the invitation, if that's, if that's you. If you have never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you say, man, I've received salvation, but I've never had someone pray with me to receive the baptism. I want to pray with you, if that's okay. It's okay, I'm here, amen. I'm going to lay my hands on you, and I believe that you're going to receive. It's not something weird, it's not something freaky, it's just, it, it's God, amen. It's just God. It's supernatural. So if that's you, every, again, I want to respect and honor everybody here. I don't want to embarrass anybody. If that's you, all I want you to do, we're going to do this in two steps. I'm going to ask, and then I'm going to call you to come to the front, if you will. You're going to have to take a, it's going to take a step of faith, amen? 
So close your eyes. And you are saying tonight, man, wow, I want that. I've never heard about that, and I want that tonight. I've been saved my whole life, but I've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That sounds like something I want. If that's you tonight, all I want you to do is just raise your hand. And I want to, we got one hand right there. Praise God. We got two, three. Praise God. We got four. Praise the Lord. Amen. Just really examine. You know that have I have I been have I been baptized in the Spirit? Now I'm not going to go into a whole discussion about because that's not really the point of tonight right now. Do we have a prayer team? We have a prayer team in this or or no? Someone tell, help me out here. You got a prayer team? Prayer team, come up here. You're going to help me out here. We're going to just do this right now. We're going to take care of biz right now. Is that good? Come up here. We have a prayer team right here, and they are here. They're going to pray with you. These are full, people full of faith, full of, full, full of God, amen, and they're going to pray with you, and you're going to get what you came for tonight. So if that's you, now I want you to make a decision. You're going to have to come. Come up here now. If that's you, you say, I want that. Come up here now. Praise God. Yeah, run. Just run up here. Praise the Lord. Come on now. There we go. Praise the Lord. Come, 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 come. Just come as you are. That's all. Just come as you are. I love the body of Christ, man. We're just a family. Like, we're going to make sure you're going to go home with everything you got. Amen? Come up here if that's you. Prayer workers, if you will, just pray. Just start praying with them. You know, obviously talk to them. Let's teach them. Lay hands on them. And what we're going to do is we're just going to worship. Like, let's just do it real low so we don't, like, atrapayar uh, or um, in, 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 interrupt, you know. Let's just, let's just fill the house with worship. Amen. If you're at your seat, just raise your hands. Let's just worship the Lord right now. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit tonight, make a, make a renew, a, just make a, how do I say this? Just re, recommit your life to Jesus. You know, something that helps me is every day I am repenting. Lord, make me new. I know I'm new, but Lord, just, I want to make sure like, I'm in line, right? <laughs> Repentance restores the right. And I want to be in the right. I want to be in the right direction. So just raise your hands and just talk to the Lord right now. Say, Lord Jesus, I recommit myself to you tonight. I want that when I get to, the, to your throne and your eyes are full of grace and full of mercy and full of love, not judgment, that you look at me and you say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. And tonight I want to recommit my life to you. I want to be a good son. I want to be a good daughter. I want the river flowing out of me tonight. Not just a trickle, but a river flowing out of me tonight. Let's just fill this place with worship. Come on now. Let's just fill this place with worship.